What's up, everybody? This is Doc Joe Brown, real name, no gimmicks. And this is Pro Wrestling Talk for the Pistons fan. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Pro Pistons. That's P-R-O-P-I-S-T-O-N-S. Yo, what's up, man? It's June 21st. Longest day of the year. Longest day. It don't even get dark till like 10, 1030 here in the D. And, it, and it's my aunt's birthday. Shout out to my aunt Jolene. Yeah, so the days are getting longer. And that got, that got me thinking. Long matches. Long wrestling matches. Long basketball games. And I couldn't help but think about the classic. The classic. The benchmark for wrestling matches, in my opinion. And of course, I'm talking about WrestleMania 12. That was terrible. I was trying to impersonate 80s Vince McMahon. Wrestle. I, I'm not even going to do it. Shawn Michaels versus Brett the Hitman. This is is this before Lonesome Dove? I think this is before Lo Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett Lonesome Dove Hart. I just looked it up. Lonesome Dove was with Brett Hart was from 94 96. This this post this post Lonesome Dove Brett Hart. Anyway, he was still the excellence of execution. Maybe it's the timing. Maybe it's the timing, man. I love this match. I love this match. It happened, I was 12 years old, so I'm talking about I was knee-deep in the wrestling game. The magazines, the action figures, the t-shirts. What you want for your birthday? Wrestling? What you want for Christmas? Wrestling? What you want for 4th of July? Wrestling? It's hot. The ice cream truck is coming down the street. I need the wrestling ice cream. And the great thing about this beef, the beef was real. What's beef? Beef is when you roll no less than 30 deep. And that's how it was with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart at the time. They didn't want to lose to each other. Even in the fake world, I'm not losing to this man. Look it up. Look it up. You can go down the YouTube rabbit hole on this. These two did not like each other at the time. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. You watch these matches and you're looking for the snuff. Did he just snuff him? Did he just throw him a stiff one? Was that a receipt? I think that was a receipt. And I love, I, we got to speed up a year. I, I love the year after, so... Sean, it's your turn. You're supposed to lose the bread. Ah, hell no, I won't. <laughs> Mess around. I done, I done lost my smile. I can't wrestle because I can't smile. <laughs> why, why, why didn't somebody ask the obvious question? Well, where was the last place you had it? All right, man. Let me calm down. It's the middle of the day. I'm not drinking or anything. I just, I just love this stuff. I love this stuff, man. The beef was so real. What am I talking about? Yes, long matches. So... <laughs> Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 12, the 60-minute Iron Man match. And I didn't I didn't really know the rules to this. I just know the match was supposed to be 60 minutes. And I think they were kind of booking on the fly. I know they probably had the ending in their mind, but they're just like, the match is going to last 60 minutes. But we really didn't know. I was like, well, if somebody pins the other person within the 60 minutes, how's that go? But essentially, the Iron Man match, 60 minute time limit, you just keep going. So whoever has the most falls at the end of the 60 minutes is the winner. Maybe I should jump back. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna jump back. And, and believe it or not, I did write a script for this show. It's just that as I as I got into talking about it, I'm like, yo, I really love this time period of my life. But WrestleMania 12 was a good card before we got to the 60 minute Iron Man match. So it opened up with like a six man tag match. And it was essentially the 1996 version of the Andre the giant memorial uh battle royal because they just had to throw some faces in there i know vader was in there and uh it brought back to memory i didn't realize that 
Jim Cornette was uh, Vader's manager. So Vader was like the first person to come out. They throwing up the V's, very similar to the West Side symbol. Uh, they, a host of others, British Bulldog, Owen Hart, Ahmed Johnson, uh, Jake the Snake, Yoke, Yokozuna. I, I can't even remember who won, but it, it was it was it was decent. Uh, some other highlights: Undertaker fought Diesel, so Undertaker had an undefeated streak. So you know how how that went. Very good. You know what? Some things that I I picked up, and now I'm just all over the place. But WWF was a major production, but they weren't a major production yet. So they're in Anaheim at the Pond, and it's things like usually now when the WWF, even when they have Monday Night Raw, they take over the arena, right? Like it looks, every arena almost looks the same, no matter where they're traveling to. But this, you can see little things like the scoreboard up in the background, like zero, zero. Like, I guess they couldn't get the lights out. So it said home in a way. Uh, uh, Triple H fought the Ultimate Warrior and he actually jobbed to him. Like, boom, boom, one, two, three, out of here. I don't think Triple H get off a single offensive move. But the interesting thing was, like I said, the production wasn't at the level that it is now. So you could actually see the ultimate warrior just standing in the aisle and the director must've been like, okay, start running now. Like, so that's, that's very interesting. And Peacock didn't edit this out, but they added those commercials. Don't sleep on that now. That, 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 that's, that, you know, I, I missed the WWE network. Peacock, you will be watching WrestleMania eight and then just right in the middle, a, a Geico commercial come on or, or flow progressive. I'm like, what in the world? And you know me, Mr. Uh, BMF, blow money fast. I tried to level up. I'm like, well, maybe I got the base model. But no, they. I reached out to customer support. No, you're, you're going to see Kawhi Leonard on a, you know, Survivor Series 96 commercial. That's just how it is. How could I forget? Thank you, uh, Wikipedia. The Ringmaster, Steve Austin, uh, fights Savio Vega. Now, even as a child, I was like, they're not going to give Savio Vega the million-dollar belt. But this is great. And also, shout-out to Tim DiBiase. He was wrestling in the 80s, manager 96, and then still making appearances on NXT today. He looks great. <coughs> Pause. And uh, I believe he's doing the Lord's work too. So that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now it's time to put the women and children to bed. The 60-minute Iron Man match, often imitated, never duplicated. See, and this is why, you know, I, I don't have any issues with AEW. You know, the more wrestling, the better. When I don't like a segment, I just turn the channel. But... You know what? I'm not even going to go there right now because there's so much tension in the wrestling community. All I'm going to say is this. Okay, I'm not going to go there. So what I liked about this is for the time, it had a big match feel, right? You got Shawn Michaels coming from the rafters on his entrance. Uh, and you know what? Let, let's stop right there. Jose Lothario, the, the, the mentor, the childhood wrestling coach to Shawn Michaels. At least that was how it was told to us in the storyline. Fresh out of Texas. So they introduce Shawn Michaels and Jose Lothario comes down and he's just waving to the crowd and everybody's like, something's going on here, something. And shout out to Vinny Mac. You know, whatever you want to say about Vince McMahon. Now, I don't know him personally. I've never worked for a WWE. But his commentary work was phenomenal. I love the commentary work of Vince McMahon. When they have retro Raw, retro SmackDown, bring back Vinny Mac. Bring him back. So Jose Lothario comes down. And then he points at the rafters. And Shawn Michaels comes down. He's floating over the crowd. And that gets you hyped right there. That alone. I'm like, I'm ready. Let's go. But 
when Bret Hart comes down, I thought he should have tried to one-up him. Why can't Stu come out? Why can't Stu come out and say, well, Bret is a, a, about to fly in on a helicopter, but Bret just came down, you know, uh, giving his sunglasses to a youngster in the front row. <laughs> As Vince McMahon would say, but this was a big match feel. Even, even, even Hep, even Earl Hep. Does anybody call him Earl Hep but me? Any, even Hebner was mac mic'd up, and they say he looks at me, said, "Now both you guys is a big match. It is a sixty-minute Iron Man match, as if it hasn't been hyped the last three months on TV. Like he needs to remind him. It gave it that boxing feel, going over the rules and all that. And shout out Gorilla Monsoon. Yes." Gorilla Monsoon at the time was acting as if he was the WWF president. So Gorilla Monsoon is in the ring and it just adds to it. It adds to it. I like it. I like that a lot. And sidebar, shame on my brother. There was an elderly lady that went to our church at the time. And he used to say, uh, why does that lady wear the Gorilla Monsoon glasses? <laughs> I, I love, if I could get my hands on, there was a couple people in the front row that are wearing uh, event hats, uh, WrestleMania 12. The snapbacks, they got like a black brim, and then the, the hat is purple with the gold lettering. I need that. I need that hat. Now, as you get into the match, I'm not, you know, we live in a microwave generation, and you might fast forward through some stuff, but I love the psychology of this. Shawn Michaels is working the arm, Brett is working the back, and... They're selling the moves. They're, they're making you think like almost like this is a 60-minute MMA match. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe I went too far. Maybe, not MMA, but maybe like an amateur wrestling match. And they don't just go for the super kick right off. They don't go for pins right off. They realize that they need to wear down their opponent. They're inside the ring. They're outside the ring. They're, you know, they're using the ring as a weapon. This is a championship match. And I just like it. I just like the match. Earl Hebner is letting them know, hey, you got to break that hold. You got to bring out in it. And it just has this real feel to it. As, as fake as the environment is, it just, they make you think like, hey, we're really wrestling in here. And then adding to that, which is a perfect segue into the basketball segment of the show is we get overtime. We get overtime. Like, hey, wrestling is fake, but it's real tonight. So they didn't get a winner at the end of the 60 minutes. We get into overtime. We get the super kick. And the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, realizes his boyhood dream, which that soundbite has been used over and over again in the WWE universe. And we got the new champion. So here's a fun fact. I just went to NBA.com and there were no games on Sunday, March 31st, 1996. So I guess everybody was probably watching wrestling that night. The Pistons, uh, they did play the night before. They lost to the Heat 95-85. And then they played the night after. And they lost to the Bucks 105-98. Jeez, oh, peace. I really wanted to hone in on overtime. The Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart Classic went into OT. There had to be a winner. Gorilla Monsoon came down and said, there must be a winner. Bret Hart, get your butt back down here. Hey, this is David B., Detroit to St. Louis, at DLamar901, and you're listening to Pro Wrestling Talk for the Pistons fan. So I, I looked up on the Google machine, like, what NBA games have had the most overtimes? And believe it or not, there was a six-overtime game between the Indianapolis Olympians and the Rochester Royals. This was in 1950, the 1950-1951 season. 
Now, uh, shoot, I don't even think my parents were born at that time, but this was on January 6, 1951. Six overtimes, and and the defense, in the word of Jason, words of Jason Kidd, the defense must have been on fire because you're talking about six OTs and the score was 75-73. We got squads throwing up 80 in the first half now. I don't know why this one isn't mentioned much, or at least in my lifetime, but the Milwaukee Bucks played the Seattle Supersonics. And on November 9th, 1989. And this is a five overtime game. The score was 155 to 154. Let me look up who was the lead scorer in that game. I'm just going to try to guess. Seattle. Oh, gosh, that's a toughie. That is a toughie. There we go. Dale Ellis. That That's what I was going to say, too. Dale Ellis had 53. I'll... I had his picture in my mind. I know y'all don't believe me, but trust me on this one. Trust me. I had Dale Ellis' picture in my mind. I was like, I bet you it was Dale Ellis. He had 53. And unfortunately, Seattle lost. And I say unfortunately because I really enjoyed the Seattle Supersonics as a child. Sean Kipp was my favorite player. Let's see. the Oh, the enforcer, the X-Men, Xavier McDaniels, Derek McKee, uh, 37 and 24 points. Uh, for the books, it was... For the books, the the Milwaukee books, get your read on. <laughs> no, uh, they had Ricky Pierce, 36, and Alva Robinson, 28. Okay, Jack Sigma, 23, he was still hanging around. Am I, Jack Sigma? Yeah, hold on, let me check. Right, 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 right. Jack Sigma, because he came into the league, it says here, 1977. So I said, yeah, he was still hanging around. That's what I thought. I didn't get it confused. Who am I? I'm, I'm, ain't nobody in here. I'm just arguing with myself. I ain't getting confused. I know who he is. Now, there are a lot of four overtime thrillers on the list, believe it or not. And that's because these are pro athletes, man. They're not, they're just not going to quit. Nobody's just going to lay down, okay? You can, you know, uh, you can, I'm not going to insult your intelligence. You can Google, you know, most overtime games in NBA history, but because it's pro wrestling talk for the Pistons fans, and I don't have a sponsor. I don't have rules I got to follow out. I'll just focus on the Pistons one. The one that comes to mind, really, this Detroit Pistons versus the Chicago Bulls, four overtimes, 2015 to 2016. The reason this one sticks out is because I was at, what is it? Not McShane's, downtown in Corktown. Where is it at? I used to live right next door to this. Nemo's. Nemo's Bar and Grill. So our loft building, our, we had our neighbor party at Nemo's. And I remember I was like, I'm going to go back to the loft building and go to sleep and crash as soon as this game is over. And this game would not end. It was like, it was like, why did I say that? Because this game would not end. But look at, look at, I'm not, you can, again, I'm not going to insult your intelligence, but this is why you would think the Pistons had a bright future. Drummond had 33 points and 21 boards in, in the game. Uh, at, ironically, uh, Derrick Rose had not been traded from the Bulls yet. Reggie, Reggie Jackson had 13 assists, played 50 minutes, and only had two turnovers. Come on, man. That's that's it. The two turnovers is impressive because he was the point guard. He had the ball in his hand a lot, and he played a lot. Like, you would have thought, like, yo, this team, as soon as we get it together, we're going to get it together. Pistons won. Did I say that? I don't know. If I if I said it, you're just going to hear it twice. Pistons won. How did Aaron, Reggie Bullock, DMP, coach's decision. Eric Baines, DMP, coach's decision. Here go one that's going to hurt. Spencer Dinwiddie, DMP, coach's decision. 
Uh, the leading scorer for the game was Jimmy G. Buckets, and the G stands for Gets. He had 43. Derrick Rose had 34. Bulls Derrick Rose. Bulls, not not Pistons. Don't, I know you newbies might be like, hey, Derrick Rose on the Bulls. No, Derrick Rose for the Bulls. Powell, Gasol was still putting in buckets. He had 30. McDermott, man, this is funny. It's like, it almost feels like it was a long time ago, but it wasn't a long time ago. I don't recall this game between the Knicks and the Pistons. 2006, 2007, three overtimes. I, I don't, I don't recall that. I, I don't know why. Then there's a Detroit Pistons and Phoenix Suns three overtimes, 97, 98. I wasn't really a hardcore fan. And then the dime. I mean, how can we forget this one? Like, if, if this was wilding out, cut the music. Cut the music. One of the greatest basketball games ever played, December thirteenth. 1983 Pistons at Nuggets Pistons win 186 to 184 highest scoring game in NBA history I mean everybody was high I almost know this box score let me did we cut the music or we we cut the music this ain't wilding out like we wild style or something but like if if you're a new Pistons fan you need to go back and watch this game okay you need to watch this one okay uh it's it's crazy like Isaiah 47 uh, Kelly Trapuca, 35. John Long, 41. Uh, on the Nuggets side, it, it's, it's just really crazy. The the points that were getting put up, Kiki Vandeway, 51. Alex English, 47. Dan Essel, 28. Like, these are legends of the 80s, right? Like, heavyweight, every, every punch was an uppercut, and nobody would die in this one. Nobody would die. Uh... They used to show this on Classic Sports every December 13th. Man, I think they still run it back on NBA TV. This is the one. This is the one. They can have a 30 for 30 on this game. Maybe they, I don't even watch that show. Maybe they already have one, but man, this is it. This is it. We, I, you know what? Right there. We're going to end it. The Dime, December 13th, 1983. Greatest game of all time. One of the greatest, because I, I could be forgetting something, but uh, pis, definitely top five game of all time. Pistons. Nuggets and, and and check this out. Both teams were eleven and twelve. It was like <laughs> it was like the cream of the crap bowl, but it was great, man. It was great. This makes me want to go hoop. Like just reading the box score, I want to go put in some buckets. Did I just say buckets? Shout out Kyle Singler.